Welcome to Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media for ABWE, joined by my illustrious co-host, Scott Dunford, pastor yes. of Beamer Church in Fremont, California, and returning to the show again, our second live in-person uh, video interview together, which is fun, Chad Vegas, yeah. uh, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church in Bakersfield, California, and co-author of Missions by oh, I, was I was gonna ask him, yeah. who's, your, who's your favorite co-author you've ever collaborated with? Well, <laughs> Alex Coleman. It's a small really? pool. He, he's, yeah, it's not he's also the much. only co-author right. I've ever collaborated we'll with. We'll leave yeah. that out yeah. of it. Right. Wow. First and he's last also, time. He's also my, fav my favorite and the worst one I've ever co-authored. Yes. <laughs> that's right, that's right, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, glad to have you back on, Chad. Thanks. How's the conference going so far? Oh, I'm ecstatic with the conference so yeah. far. Kevin DeYoung just crushed it and um, I, I told, I leaned over to told Brooks during the thing, uh, during the session and said, if I believed in this whole love language business, I'd be saying Kevin is speaking my love language right now. <laughs> yeah, he was doing, he just did an amazing job. I was very thankful. And yeah. Brooks's first session was fantastic. Brooks's first session was great. Um, more boilerplate for me in, in as much as I've heard Brooks's, I mean, it was very encouraging for me. There were a few things I was reminded of as like, especially practical matters and yeah. follow up with our own missionaries at our church. Um, but it was so encouraging for me to hear a pastor understand missions, which you don't hear enough. Yeah. But it's I, actually probably one of the most encouraging things when pastors understand that, like, this doesn't have to be out of our hands. We, we actually handle the Word of God, and we can teach this. Um, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. So Alex and I have been talking about this, because we saw it on Twitter. Someone posted a question about a concern with the idolization of the idea of missions, right? Like, and, and, hmm. and certainly I think of you as a pastor. When I think of you as a pastor, I think of a church that is passionate about missions. You're passionate about missions. You help start Radius. Uh, you're still leading the board. Um, and, and you've sent out many missionaries. So in a church and in a culture, especially like at Radius here right now, you have people that are passionate about missions. It's exciting to talk about um, maybe is there a danger ever in missions becoming idolized to the point of unhealthy? Especially you think of the different calls of a church in, in ministry. And, and to set that up a little bit more too, because I know that's a big question, because we wrote our book to put missions back into the hands of local church pastors and leadership. Right. This is for you, it's not just for parachurch organizations or angsty, excited college students or something yep. like that. Um, you know, I've seen churches, though, that can't hire a pastor because they're giving two-thirds of their budget to missions and they're offering a pastor a part-time salary of twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year. And they've got 30 members and all of them are dying on the vine, right, because they've, they've put missions at the center where maybe it doesn't need to be at the center. So is there, is there a ditch on that side of, of overemphasizing and idolizing either missions or, or maybe some of the trappings of missions and making that too central? Well, I mean, your, your example would obviously be troubling if you saw the, that because that church is violating biblical commands with regard to the support of their own pastors, right? Which would be troubling Muslim to see. Ox, yeah. yeah, that would be really, um, that would be really disconcerting. I haven't seen a lot of idolatry of missions, so I'm not suggesting it's not out there. I just haven't seen it. What I mostly see is avoidance of it, mm. um, disinterest in it. Even in my own church, I think we're not as we're not as committed to it as I would like us to be. Um, some of that's on me, but, and we say, well, but your church 
helped start an organization that's trained 300 people and and counting and you sent out, you know. You've not trained a million people yet? Over, no, not a million. Wow. Well, someday maybe. So someday. Other it's like, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be long dead. Billions and billions, I'll be long dead. <laughs> yeah. I'll be long dead. But if, if, if it hasn't gone completely liberal and run off the rails, which it probably will before a million people. But the, I mean, they all kind of go down. But I think that, I think it's possible that there are people who think of the mission of the church um, if you want to call it an idolatry, I know we love to call everything idolatry now that we love, and I, sometimes I think that's not the most helpful language. But if we want to call it idolatry, I think I have met people who are in love with the mission of the church or the church, and they're, and they, they're not really that excited about Jesus. Mm. Um, so it's become a sort of, sort of man-centered activity, mm. something I do, a kind of justification I've actually run into missionaries who um, feel somewhat entitled to sin in particular ways mm -hmm. because of the sacrifices they've made. You can't confront them about certain sin and people don't want to confront them yeah. because they've made sacrifices that I didn't make. And so there becomes a kind of entitlement. And I think it's important for them to remember like Christ is your justification, right. just like he's mine, yeah. not what you did in the field. And um, so I think it can creep in in those ways. I see, I've seen it in the kind of churches I grew up in where there was clearly tiers of spirituality and they called everyone into ministry. Like sure. they would brag about, we've had a hundred preacher boys go into ministry this year, you know, like a hundred, uh, really, like, <laughs> that, that's, that's surprising. So how do you help people that, especially eager young believers that are wanting to serve Jesus, they're passionate about, you know, the, what they're learning in Christ, to, to understand the steps and not just say, hey, if you want to be a, a better Christian, you need to go into missions or you need to go into yeah. pastoral ministry. I think that can be a real problem, both pastoral ministry and missionaries. Like somehow if you're a pastor or a missionary, you're a superior Christian, you've, you've reached a level of spirituality. I mean, I mean, I would argue that pastors and missionaries need to be consistently godly people so that they can be qualified as elders. Um, but every Christian is supposed to be that. So if you look at the qualification of elders, um, not that every Christian is supposed to be an elder, but those are all godly characteristics that every Christian ought to be striving for. Like nobody's supposed to be quick to anger or, mm -hmm. or drunken or greedy for you know, unrighteous gain or something. Like we're all supposed to strive for that. But I think the big thing for me is um, sort of a good, now again, I'm gonna come back to, uh, I'm a reform guy. So a good understanding of vocation, that it, being a mom, who gives birth, yeah. raises children, and attends to the vocation God has given you, uh, pleases the Lord. Right. Yeah. Being a plumber who does that for the glory of God, pleases the Lord, and you don't have to do it at gospel, you don't have to do gospel-centered plumbing. Right. You can just fix toilets right. and do a really good job for people and not yeah. rip them off, yeah. charge them a fair rate. And, and that has to be said because I talk about, I talk to people that are interested in missions that are bored with that, and they're like, I, I can't do that. I've got, and, and maybe that's the Lord giving them a zeal and a desire that sure. they have to follow up on, but maybe it's just a boredom with vocation because there's monotony in the missionary life too. And your platform in a country, I talked to a guy last <laughs> weekend who his platform, and, and he might be listening right now, but uh, his platform in his country is he pours concrete. You know, there's, there's monotony, there's, there's boredom in the missionary life as well. We've got to have a good theology of work first too. Yeah. And I think we can also, you mentioned, you know, I'm reformed and this is, you know, kind of where I'm coming from. With, with Calvinism in particular, there's a cage stage. There's a cage stage where you, you, you're first learning those doctrines of grace, 
and you kind of got to be locked into a cage or you're going to bite someone. You know, you're a little bit too hot under the collar about it. I think there can be a cage stage with missions. As soon as you're first exposed to this idea that there's these three billion that are unreached and here's the unreached engaged and here's the language groups and, and understanding those things. Okay, but don't use it as a weapon against the mom who well, can't yeah. go and do that so or something I go to, like that. I go to a conference like this, I wake up to something my church has neglected to tell me about that I didn't know about. And like the next week I'm at my church pointing the finger at my congregation or my pastors. And I just learned about it this weekend, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, you know, chill out. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, I, I, I was, I'm on sabbatical right now. And so I'm visiting churches of, of guys in a pastor's fellowship that we're in. And I'm really encouraged. But as I'm going out, I see sometimes they sing songs that we used to sing that I wouldn't sing anymore. And I le I've left driving away with my wife saying, um, what did you think? She's like, I thought it was great. I'm so glad we don't sing those particular songs anymore. And I thought, that's exactly what I was thinking. But I wasn't thinking to myself, I can't believe they do. Because I used to yeah. sing those, and I've come to the realization they're kind of vacuous, they're not particularly, uh, they're, not, they're not the best thing to get my people to memorize. They're not, nobody's gonna sing that at a funeral. No one's gonna ask for that song in the hospital. They're gonna ask for things with a little bit more meat to them. And Shine, Jesus, shine. I think the same, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I think, I think of Elijah, we, can, we can keep going. Oh my gosh, that just, don't even ask, right? Like, well, we could go on and on about that. But I, I think that my point is, is the same thing's true with missions or with learning the doctrines of grace. Like you feel like, you sort of feel like, did the church withhold something for me? But ate from me, but just stop and realize, maybe your pastor's unaware. Yeah. Right? The Holy Spirit just kindly introduced you to something that you didn't know about and maybe he hasn't done the same kindness for your pastor. Don't go beat him up. There's faithful, right? godly churches where Christ is present through the ordinary practice of the means of grace that on paper don't look like missions-minded churches, but they're doing faithful local ministry, and we can't throw stones at that. No, no. And, and you pray, and you don't have a kind of arrogance about the fact that you've, you've, someone has come and told you something mm. that maybe they've never been told themselves. I don't want to go around condemning churches. I'm often asked, what's the problem? Why do you think, what's the problem with these churches? I'm like, I don't know. I don't go to any of them. So I don't know what the problem is with them. Um, but what I can say, one thing I would probably say is, or at least I want to assume the best about them, I'm sure several of them are unaware. Yeah. Like I think the average pastor is unaware of 3,100 unreached peoples. Sure. Yeah. I think they're unaware. I don't think they're just trying to be disobedient. Yeah. Most of them, I would guess most of them, um, would love to do something about it if they understood that and knew it. Well, let's wrap up because last time we kept you too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was hilarious. If you were here at the conference, you were late in coming up on stage. But just a, a final <laughs> word. I mean, we get letters from people, you know, I want to be a missionary, my spouse doesn't, you know, and, or, or my church isn't talking about it. And I think this is a good reminder to show grace yeah. and to recognize God will bring people along. Uh, but don't take something you've learned about missions and use that as a sword against brothers and sisters in the Lord. Well, Chad, thanks for coming on. We're glad to hey, have thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank and we'll you. continue thanks coming to you time. from the Radius International Missions Conference at, uh, at Christ Covenant Church in Matthews, North Carolina, 2022. Glad to have you here. Thanks for watching and listening.